Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. everyone and thanks for joining us and I'm Dr. Joanne White and it's always a pleasure to be here wherever you are. I hope you're all safe and cool enough and warm enough and ready for us to begin here. So many people have pets and so many animals are so beautiful and they can teach us many, many things and it's so important to pay attention to what they teach us, and to also pay attention to how we care for them and what we need to do to bring out the best in them health-wise and spirit-wise and love-wise, and also how we're interacting with them that makes a difference both in our lives and also in their lives as well. And I have a wonderful expert who's going to talk about animal teachings today, and I'm talking about Joanne, Dr. Joanne LaSive Connolly, who is a veterinarian, an author, and a lover of art. And Dr. Joanne promotes intuitive medicine for living the best pet life. She guides families in tuning in with their pets, themselves, nature, as well as the universe to make better medical decisions. Dr. Joanne is a vegan and inspires all animals and humans to live in balance as one with the web of life. She believes in treating the patient, not the disease, and strives to make this ideology a holistic staple view for pets. Her first book, Animal Teachings from Haley's Angel Methods, has powerful messages for both you and your pets. So let's listen in to Dr. Joanne. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so good to be here, Dr. Joanne. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Joanne, yes, it is. We're going to have fun with that one, as you said earlier. (laughs) And I love the ideas that are in your book, and I love what you teach. So let's talk a little bit about some of, firstly, you have a practice that that works with animals of you know a veterinarian what's what makes your practice what you're doing with animals so unique and so different well i I listen to my heart I listen to the animals I try to really let them uh tell me how to be and how to be the best I can be. <clears throat> And um, I, all my life, you know, starting when I was a child, I've always had a thousand and one questions, and my, my mom tried to answer them the best she could. <laughs> but ultimately, I've always felt like animals had the best answers for me one way or another. I felt like they had it more figured out. So obviously, you know, going through vet schools, I've learned a lot of good teachings 
but the school of life and the universe, uh, nature, animals have really given me a lot of other pieces of the puzzle that I find so necessary because it's a whole, it's a, it's one, you know, medicine um, is not just the body is taking care of the soul, the emotional aspects of who we are. And I've experienced this myself, you know, being sick and well, what happened? I've always had this question growing up, why do we get sick? And so I broke my thumb uh, skiing once and I talk about it in the book and I figured it all out. You know, why did that happen to me? Why do we have accidents? And so my whole life I've been wanting to figure out uh, and looking at other people around me and then animals. And when I started practicing, I right away noticed how animals would get sick, share the same physical illnesses as their people. And how fascinating is that, you know? So I've always been so curious to put it all together. And I'm still today wanting more answers. But I, so I started sharing quite a few that in the first book. Um, there will be a book number two. Um, but, again, this is really where I'm at. You know, I'm looking at life as a whole and why do things happen? How can we – we have so much power over what's happening. If we get sick, if we get better, if we don't get better, can we prevent illnesses in the first place? Uh, we're all going to die. Can we die with dignity? Uh, why do some animals or people struggle at the end of life? So I want all and all questions answered, and so far we're we're getting really close. You know, I feel like we, I I can I painted a pretty good picture in in the first book uh, that touches from beginning to end. Yes, you have, and I want to go back to something that you said because it's true. I mean, I've seen it in people and their animals. Oftentimes, like you said, animals are getting this the same kind of sickness or ailments or whatever that their that their owners have and i you know i have my own views as to why but i'm wondering what you think about it cuz i think sometimes we don't know what's going on in us as well as an animal does and and, and they are reflecting back to us sometimes what we need but what's what's your take on it yeah yes no absolutely <clears throat> our animals find us to help us get through life. I feel like, you know, a lot of them, it's, there's no coincidence in how they show up in our life. And I always love asking people, how did you find this animal? And most people say, oh, my God, I did not choose him. He chose me. Uh, he showed up, you know, I was not expecting it, or I was looking for a completely different animal. But when people, when we all stay in our hearts and are open-minded to um, what animal, like the law of attraction, you know, what animal shows up, and that's going to be the best companion to help us get through life. And so we, we go through the same stressful situations or animals. So often that's their life purpose, you know, to help us. And so they're, little, they're like little sponges. Their bodies will absorb the same energy, good or bad, that we are going through because they're sharing that same space. And, so, and we're, we're connected on an energy level. So, yes, they do reflect a lot um, to us. They mirror what's happening. So not only we want to help animals get better, but we, by doing that, we help ourselves. You know, it all comes back to us. And so animals make us uh, become better people. And so by helping them heal, well, how can we help them heal? By becoming more balanced ourselves. 
and um, going through our emotions and making sure we don't overreact or, you know, that we speak up when we have to and that we slow down. And uh, there is, the list is, goes on and on, but it's super it's, it's fascinating how animals are there and we're part of a whole. And I've seen animals and their owners dying together also, you know, reaching the end of our life. So our life missions are very closely connected. And that's what's beautiful. You know, I totally agree. I used to, and, and my Selena, who's, who is, was a beautiful um, Siamese and she's passed, but um she, I just want to say something funny. I used to do workshops, and I used to have a home office. I still do, but I would do workshops, and she would know exactly when it was time for them to leave. She would come downstairs. She would, she like, sort of saying, okay, everybody, it's time to leave. And when people would leave, she'd be standing right next to me, like, like saying kind of like, goodbye, get out of here, I'm my mom, you know, but it was so funny that she would just be right there, and it's amazing what, like you said, what they teach us and the love that they give us. I mean, it's their love is so unconditional. I have a hard time figuring out how people can mistreat an animal. I mean, they they just are there to give so much love and yet well, we won't go there, but but to me it just it just amazes me that that people can mistreat an animal when they're just there to give love and 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 appreciation and can fill our hearts and our lives so beautifully. Now, you do a lot with animals and work intuitively. So you and I both are familiar with intuitive medicine, but how does that apply to working with animals and helping their owners understand what their animals are telling them and to really tune in? So, you know, going from treating the disease and seeing the disease as a as an unfortunate label that's going to stick with us forever, you know, that seems to be more of the the way medicine has been portraying it. Okay, this is what you have, or this is what your animal has, and that's it, you know. Um, we're done. Like, that's – then now all we have to do is treat the disease, and these are how these, – these are what we know might or might not work, antibiotics, you know, pain medication, uh cancer treatments, you know, chemotherapy, this or that, surgery. Um, so going from that and expanding to, well, let's put this in perspective and looking at the diagnosis as here's an opportunity to grow and let's try first to figure out why it happened in the first place. Um, and then looking at our animal also, but also ourselves, um, there is a lot of pieces uh, to that puzzle, and I go I go in in depth in the book. But of course, one of them is diet. You know, we are what we eat. What are we eating these days? Um, a lot of preservatives, a lot of prepared m- meals uh, that have a lot of dyes in them, and again, chemicals. And there is nothing. You know, no raw, no live food anymore. Mm-hmm. We're in a rush getting a frozen dinner and. God knows what's in that, you know. So, and our animals are the same way. You know, there's so many treats out there. 
that are, yeah, they're tasty. It's like the McDonald's. That's what I compare it to when I tell um, people, well, the treats that your pets uh, are eating, of course, they taste delicious. They're full of salt and fat. Um, so if you ask your pet <laughs> which one he wants, of course, he's just like, a, you know, he's going to go for that stuff. But so talking about diets and trying to eat simple ingredients that are that are more healthy for us. So, of course, that's where it starts for ourselves and our animals. And then, um, again, paying attention to the synchronicities in life. Uh, I don't believe in coincidences. And it's amazing all the signs that we receive from, again, nature, from uh, people. Sometimes we give each other messages, like something random that comes out of your mouth. And I'm like, oh, God, thank you. Like, this is a mess. This is an answer for me. I had a question. Uh, you know, for the last few weeks, I've been wondering about this or that. or um, And so being a, paying attention to all those signs and the timing of the illness, you know, uh, your friends want you to go on a trip or uh, and you bring your animal or, or whatever the situation is, but you're doing, you're forcing yourself uh, into a situation that is just not right. Like your heart is not into it, but you're going to sacrifice yourself you're such a nice person you're just going to go to please everybody else and then you go there um and you you can't even make it because you get into a car accident um or again you're you know taking a walk with your pet and um trauma you know something bad happens and you knew that you were that was not the right place for you or for your animal to be in um so listening to your heart ultimately that's where intuition is and listening to the signs of guidance, uh, dreams are part of that puzzle. Also, if we're talking about, well, we could do surgery or not, and you have that awful gut feeling, and sometimes I'm the one having it, you know, it's a team effort. So when I meet with families, um, I'm open to all uh, options, anything that shows up, you know, any, and I, I encourage, I empower families to talk to me. I open the door of, hey, let's talk about all the weird stuff that nobody wants to talk about because there's so many answers there. So if someone tells me, oh, I had this dream, and so then we talk about the dream. We try to figure out how it applies. Um, a lot of times, and myself included, uh, dreams have helped me make the decision to euthanize uh, some of my own animals and, and euthanize other people's animals when we're on the fence and we just need a sign from that animal. Or, again, sometimes it's the rest of the animals in the household uh, household that's going to give us a sign because they're retreating from the sick one. Or uh, or the opposite, they're very clinging onto the sick one. And so the dynamic is just the signs are everywhere when you start looking for them. And that helps you choose between, okay, where where are we going with this medical diagnosis and what's what's right for this one animal personalizing our medical decision uh, into the personality of our animal also um, and the life mission of our animal have we reached an exit door is our animal telling you know I think that's all that's all very very important and I and I teach about intuition too and I teach that the messages are everywhere I mean like you said Somebody could be talking to you or you can see something on the television or or a song or, you know, I get guidance everywhere and I love, I love how it, <laughs> you know, I just it's love how it all falls. Yeah. yeah, I just yeah. love how it all falls together. 
Now, many people don't pay attention to that, but I think it I think to me it adds something beautiful and extra to our lives. It's precious. It's like, wow, I always say that the universe is responsive and listening and and when you're paying attention to those messages, those dreams or whatever, like you say, it's not just for ourselves. It's it's so important for our pets. Now, oftentimes they say that when an animal dies, an animal goes to, it seems like a different place from humans. What's your take on that? Is that true? Do you think, I mean, I, I don't, don't, we, I don't believe, I don't know that we know, believe. but what's your take on that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we will find out when we go, but from uh, my experiences on this earth, I do believe we're all going to the same place, and I believe that we reincarnate, uh, we come back here, and we choose the physical body that we need to fulfill our incarnation with our next life mission, and so we can go back and forth, you know, between an animal body, a human body, an animal body, whatever it is that we need. Um, I've, I've met a lot of families that have agreed with those, um, you know, with this belief of because of their experiences again, and I've done some past life regression. Um, I healed my horse allergies, which will be in book number two. Um, so you haven't read about that yet, but I've healed my horse allergies by tuning in and remembering. I was able to unlock some memories, cellular memories from my life as a Native American, and I saw the white men capturing our wild horses. And every time, like mm. I'm telling you, and I'm just so choked up because I I was there, I lived it, you know, I remember. And so I had an emotional shock. And so in this life, you know, going to vet school, I'm helping the horses. And every time I go to the barn, I just start choking up, you know, my nose fills up and my eyes are crying. And I look like I'm sad. I look like I'm in, I'm sad, but obviously I didn't realize that. I just thought, okay, well, I have allergies, but, you know, what right. is caused by so as soon as I unlocked that memory of this is what happened to me, no wonder, it, it went away. Like, it went away completely. Um, but I've always, one of my childhood dreams was to have a horse. And so finally, um, the last few years, I, my horse showed up and he needed rescuing. And I needed rescuing, so we healed each other. Uh, but I never had allergies to him. And I, I got a chance to relive. He was spoiled. He was retired. He got to be a horse like he was back way back when, and I got to just be like I was in, as a Native American. We just got to share the same earth, the same beautiful pond that he would swim in, the same patch of grass, you know, four acres of just beautiful trees, and just be, you know. And um, he went to heaven because he was an old guy, but he showed me, he told me in a dream that he was ready to go. So I had to help him. I had to honor his wishes. That was not easy, but uh, at least we had a couple of years of uh, healing together, and I, I feel so blessed that we were able to do this for one for each other. You know, it's so it's it's so powerful those stories and 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 that connection that we do have with animals. I believe in reincarnation too. And one one of my cats, she was. She was not eating. She was really ready to go. And I remember her saying, you know, intuitively, whatever, she was afraid. She said, her, my systems are shutting down. 
Um, I've had a beautiful life, but I'm afraid. And and she said, but I'm afraid to do this by myself. She she actually asked for help to you know be euthanized or whatever. And and it was very difficult and painful because you don't want to see an animal go. But but she was kind of asking for it in a way. So what do you think about that? It's beautiful, yes. Um, dying is not easy. Natural death is not easy. Um, I try really hard to accomplish natural death. You know, there is a lot of things we can do, and uh, I have seen it firsthand when, so my most, you know, the, the advice I give the most often at, during the end of life is to give your pet permission to let go. Because our animals become so bonded that they do want to sacrifice themselves. You know, they hang in there for us. They just want to be there for us because they know that, you know, that's their life mission and they don't want to give up on us. So giving them permission to not suffer and to say, okay, you're at the end of your life mission. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. But please just go. Uh, my chicken, uh, had a, I've had a lot of rescue chicken, but the last one standing, you know, became really spoiled and she lives in the house with us and, so her time came, and I knew I knew we were like just holding on by a few days, a few hours, and I did not want to to have to euthanize her. I mean, I've euthanized so many animals, but birds are a little different, and I just felt like she could go. So I just sat with her. She was in her doggy bed, like she was the most spoiled chicken ever. And I just sat sat with her, had a heart to heart, and say, I am begging you, just please go be with your sisters now. Thank you for, you know, enriching our lives. I mean, this chicken did so much for us, but just please mm-hmm. go. And I, le- and I left her. I left her alone in her bed because it's hard to die when you're naturally when your family is there, too. I've noticed that. You know, a lot of people get upset because they're watching over their loved one, whether it's an animal or a human, and then they go to the bathroom for two minutes, and that's when their dad dies, you know, their loved ones die. Because, again, it's easier, I find when somebody's dying to just focus on their own self. So giving them some space and some time, but obviously thank God we have medications because sometimes it's just impossible to let go. And I've seen way too much suffering animals or people, you know, suffering because you just can't let go. And if we can give them that extra loving push with medications, my God, we, it's a must, you know, it's an option that we need to have for, for people as well, because it's a blessing it's keeping dignity. It's just shortening suffering, which we deserve to have. You know, you said something too that's important that um, you gave your your animals permission to go. I think that that's also important for people. I know that what for my mother, you know, she, I I told her that it was okay for her to go. She was not herself. She was. We're not going to go into all of that, but and I remember at that time she was a little bit distanced from my sister, and I said, you know, Judy will be all right, everything will be taken care of, and you know, you need to take care of you, and and that I believe, you know, I don't have confirmation except through my own thinking and whatever, but I believe she needed that to be able to to let go and to move on. And so I think that that's so important that we do that, that you mentioned that, that we do that not just for animals but for people because they want to be there for us. And sometimes it's not fair to hold on 
to an animal or a person who clearly is is ready for the next step, the next whatever that is. So, I agree so with thank you. you. Um, yeah, no, I and I've been involved in, I've helped some people die, okay, and I'll tell you those amazing stories, like a few pet owners. Their animals are sick, they're sick, you know, everybody is sick, everybody's dying, but everybody is hanging in there for each for each other. So this one right. woman, um, you know, of course it's hard. Um, so she, unfinished business, you know, people, we cannot die if there is some unfinished business, if we're worried about one another. So like you said, you know, making sure we tell our loved one, well, okay, this is all taken care of now. You can go. Don't worry. So by euthanizing her animal, she was able to let go within, we're talking hours, you know, she just finally knew, okay, your animal is at peace now, go be with your animal. And then, you know, I always, when I euthanized her animal, I asked her animal, God, please help mom now. You know, you're on the, we're helping you. You're on the other side. Please help her let go of her physical body so she can be at peace as well. And, yes, I think we're all going together um, to the same place. And often we come back with the same souls. I've had a, quite a few families who swear their dog is their dog that came back. And some animals will respond to the same name. You know, some people try to call their new dog a different name, and then they go back finally to the old name, and that's when their pet just say, oh, yeah, that's me, I'm back, you know. Um, I have a client. I have a client who adopted a puppy not long after her husband died, and she swears that her puppy was her husband who came back, because this puppy would try to bite very select people that her husband did not like, and she swears <laughs> that's her husband I love who it. came back. And you know, it makes sense. It completely makes sense. <laughs> No, I, and I totally get it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Tell me what you think. After my Selena passed, and um, probably about six months later, I'm walking along the street, because I do my walks, and I call them power walks, and there's this beautiful little dog that that's with an owner, you know, outside. And the dog and I, like, have this instant connection. The dog comes over and licks me and so excited. It's almost like, where have you been? How are you? I've missed you. know, that was the feeling we I had and she had. And the owner says to me, this is so strange, she says. She never does this to anybody. She's friendly with the neighbor across the street. But this, she doesn't react like that. And the, that's the response that this dog and I have had for probably over a year and a half now. It's kind of since Selena's been gone. What do you take? Because I feel that it's, you know, every once in a while when the owner isn't listening, I'll call her Selena or some of the pet names that I've called Selena in the past. But, again, I have no verification, but I feel so strongly that that's Selena. What's your take on that? Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I've seen this situation happen for sure. Um, when people have to give up an animal, you know, because I've seen this situation, this situation before. And so when people have to give up an animal because of, you know, their life has taken a turn and, and things are just not working and often people feel guilty or, you know, I, I try to support them in that's exactly what one thing that I say to them. It's like, is there anybody around you that seems to have this amazing connection with your pet? Because maybe 
your pet had to go through, okay, we're going to do some learning with this one person for a life chapter, and then we're going to move on to this other person. And so I, I've seen what you're describing before, uh, definitely. So there could be a time when I'm glad you're involved in this dog's life because there's a time could come where your paths are going to reunite um, for one reason or another, or at least you get to be present and have a different experience. And then Selena has a different experience now. And so she's growing, you know, animals grow there. They come back to learn different life lessons and just like us. So um, that's beautiful. And that's a very uh, powerful connection that I'm grateful you can cherish and really uh, have in your life. Yeah, I think it's 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 such a gift to be able to. You know, again, I you know I don't say that to the owner because I think I would freak the owner out. But yeah, yeah. But the time but I come keep... where she's yeah when she might <laughs> maybe say, oh, Dr. and can you have yeah you'll see <laughs> yeah yeah. So the time might come. <laughs> it may. So let's talk a little bit about your book. Why did you write the book? Well, you know, funny things um, happen in life. The best things that happen are never planned. So I'm, you know, this was a few years ago, and I'm working every day. I'm just so busy, and I've learned so many things from doing the in-home euthanasia service. So the book came after my dog, Haley, needed help go to heaven, um, so I helped her pass at home. She guided me from the spirit world into starting this in-home euthanasia service. I did not know anything about those things. You know, I was a young veterinarian. I was very afraid. Um, this was not my idea, but I felt Haley's guidance, and that was the first time in my life that I felt like, okay, now I believe in the spirit world because... I'm being harassed. Like, Haley cannot leave me alone. I felt like everywhere I would turn in life, people would call me. They would just start, you know, my help was, uh, I was being asked to go help somebody's dog die at home, you know. And I was so, I finally gave in and said, okay, Haley, if you're truly there, please help me make this go well. So I got the licensing and the paperwork and the medication, and I just, you know, did the best I could. And so after a few years, it was just a blessing. I mean, my God, I, I, Haley made me a different person and a better person. So a few years into it, uh, authors start calling me to go help their pets. So in the matter of a couple months, I helped five authors euthanize their pets at home. And I often don't know what people do for a living, but somehow, you know, these authors, uh, they didn't know, but their, part of their journey was to help me, give me some hints, you know, give me some answers, again, that they were not aware of. But they made me, they helped me grow into believing that I could write a book, you know, that it was not something that's impossible. So they gave me some confidence and, and tools also, and I figured out how I could just write all my thoughts. And I felt like, you know, when you deal with death every day, you feel like life is really short, and I needed to put it out there uh, before I die myself, you know. So I ended up writing the book, and um it's been just beautiful to be able to share things and then people relate and a lot of people have experienced similar situations but they don't they're afraid of course of discussing it because society is very judgmental and they don't want to be laughed at or criticized and so I'm grateful that the book can be an open door to say hey what have you experienced because uh, this is happening you know um, so as I'm writing the next book if you have amazing life experiences that you want to share with me, 
um, I'll give you my information and please join me into writing the next book. You know, we can share a lot of amazing stories to inspire other people. I have tons of stories with animals because I'm also <laughs> called out to help animals in the street. <laughs> it's just weird how I get to yeah. walk one way and or, or a different way based on on intuition. And there I would find I found frogs and birds and animals that oh. needed healing. And and it's just you know I, I find it's a gift to do that. So so it's I'll a, be yes, in touch with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful calling, and I'm grateful that you're embracing it. You know, because you can't you can't deny it. You can't just look away. I mean, it's, this is your place, and and it's so powerful when you save lives, and when you end lives. You know, when you end suffering, when animals need to uh, need help to go, and you can give them that gift of freedom. Like it makes your day. You know, that's uh, it's just a, such a powerful uh, calling that uh, that you and I are sharing. So that's great. Not only do we share a name, right? <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, but, you know, I realize this is the best name for me and for you, too. You know, not the more I know you. But uh, in French, the pronoun- we, we pronounce it Joanne. One, like one, oneness. And oh, to me, this I is it's part of my, yeah, it's part of my life. This is my calling. There's no doubt. Um, so I'm grateful. Yeah, I can share, you know, now you'll see your name very differently and how it suits you so much. Well, thank you. are living you. as one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So how do we help our listeners do the best that they can for their pets in terms of letting them feel good and, and feeding them healthfully? What, what, are, what are some of the suggestions that you have for pet owners so that they can help their pets live the best lives possible? So balance is the key. So if you look at what you're giving to your pet and, and both of you, you know, your relationship and how much time do you have and do you take, and really making sure we focus on a balanced, balanced lifestyle, um, make sure we spend enough time outside. Our animals are always wanting to go out. And, and I'll talk about cats, you know, because, of course, we always worry that they're going to get hurt outside. But I can tell you that keeping them inside is not the right answer for everybody. A lot of cats will get sick and die from the lack of fulfillment, boredom, just not being in tune with their purpose, um, so being outside can be the answer to a lot of cats. And, you know, one of our cats would basically get, had constipation issues until we found out that his balance means he needs to go outside. And he was a rescued kitten from the wild. And so really looking at each of your animals as a, as a very unique being and picking, see if you can pick one or two or three words to describe your animal. And what does your animal live for? So pick the words that are so important for your animal. It's a matter of life or death, you know. So when you identify those things that your animal lives for, well, you know that you need to feed your animal's soul with those things. So for one of my cats, it's to go outside. We have another cat that loves music. So my husband's a musician. There's a lot of music in our life. Um, one of our dogs needs to play. He, he's the eternal puppy and he needs to run, and he's a goofy dog. And so he's forcing us to be active also. So it's good. You know, we balance out each other. So they're following your pet on his journey. 
because often our pets will uh, force us out of our comfort zone and we have a plan, well, I'm going to get a horse and I'm going to compete with them or I'm going to get a dog and I'm going to do this or agility training or, or my dog's going to be a therapy dog, which is great if that's what your pet is here to do. And I've seen it both ways. I've seen therapy dogs who would get sick all the time because they just don't thrive around people. Their home body, right. their, their life purpose is one-on-one with their owner. But the opposite is true, too. If you have a therapy dog and you don't allow, you don't have an outlet for his energy and he wants to go give love to everybody, um, and, you know, let's say you're walking your dog on a leash and your dog just wants to go say hi to everybody, but you, you have your, your set in your mind that, no, no, we're taking a walk and this is all it's going to be, you know, and you're kind of depriving your pet from showing you what he's really all about. Um, so exploring the personality, you know, what wants to come out of our animals and following them on that journey is amazing what it's going to do for us. Um, I have a pig at my house, and he's a little vegan activist, and I didn't realize what was happening, but now I'm like, wow, this is the most awesome thing. Because um, so he showed up, you know, knocked at our gate and says, okay, I'm home, and threw us for a loop. I mean, my God, having a pig is not easy. Um, I had to learn a lot. My husband and I had to really readjust. But now the pig walks on a leash. We take him to the beach. And, of course, people come to him like, oh, my God, it's a pig. He's walking on the beach. Look at him. He's awesome. He sits for treats. And then the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, oh, I can never eat bacon again, and I cannot eat ham again. And I'm like, wow, Wilbur, go, go, my friend. You know, people would not listen to me if I tell them to stop eating animals. But you, you, you've got it, you know, he's got it figured out. And uh, I know that he's touching people's lives like nobody can. So he's a I teacher. Him on that. He's, he's, he's a, a teacher. teacher? Yeah. Right. He's he, a teacher. Yeah. yeah, he's a teacher. Without saying anything, mm-hmm. his presence and, and doing what he does yeah. with you, he's people no you can't eat you can't do that look at me i mean yeah <laughs> selena full of emotions you know pigs are full of life and they're he gets to show people what pigs are really about and how animals in the industry just don't get to be happy you know they have a very stressful life and um there's so pigs are super smart and I wish everybody would have a pig because they're really funny animals. But anyway, I'm glad I can share him. I tried to share him with as many people as I can so they they can see life from a very different way. Um, so. How how old do they get to, to I mean, like what's their lifespan? Uh, up to 20 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're in for the long run. He was four months old when he showed up at my house, so he's two years old now. That's amazing. Well, again, I, you know, he he his presence is like you said, not only helping you and your husband and your family, but but it's also helping other people, which is beautiful. And that that's probably why he showed up, Dr. Joanne, at your house because he knows that that uh. that. <laughs> That you would help him do what he needs to do to communicate. Hey, don't eat, don't eat people, don't eat animals like me. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah Selena no used to love to yeah. sing. I would sing, and I I wish that I recorded it because it would have been wonderful. I would sing a line, 
because I would sing songs to her, make up songs about her and whatever, and sing to her. I'd sing a line, and she would go, to exactly to the length of that line. We would do that all the time. And she played hide-and-seek with me. It was amazing. She was like a one person, you know. She really wanted to just be loved and with one person. But, but it's amazing that the ability that animals have, if you allow them to, like, teach you in so many ways. And because people would say, no, she didn't play hide and seek. She did. I would go hide and say, Selena, come find me. She would run to where I am. She would stand outside, you know, the door, whatever, make a little cry, and then I'd say, "You found me. Go hide." And she, and she'd she'd go running and hide, and I'd find her, and we'd do that for a little bit. And you know, somebody said, "Joanne, I think you need more of a life." <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think that's a, that was a beautiful thing, you know, to be able no, to. They're the to best sh- friends. Yeah, it's wonderful. That. I, I know, I know many cats who play hide and seek. Cats are full of life. I know we don't give them enough credit. They need fulfillment, and they're all very individual. So, God, Selena is one of a kind for sure. Yeah, they all are. They're special. So, um. Was Haley the name Haley? Was that a special name? How did you choose that name for for your? So she she was our uh, she was our fourteen year old uh, Rottweiler mix uh, rescued girl. My husband had rescued her before I came along, and so we did not change her name. She came with that name from the previous family who had her. And um, she she could smell the veterinarian. She wasn't too uh, keen of my presence at first, but then she she saw the potential in me, and I think she decided she could make me a better person. So she embraced my presence, and she was the best patient. She was such a good, just such a good patient. Such patience. I mean, she was you know she was she would let us do anything we needed to do to her, and she's taught me so much. She's definitely made me a better veterinarian and a, and a better human, you know. So when we take time to listen to our animals and really bring the best out of them, I mean, not only they they are healthier, you know, but they're happier. They are fulfilled, and then that's what we need to do for ourselves, to find what makes you uh, go thrive, what makes our heart sing in life, and follow those Follow those crazy ideas, you know. Um, it might not make sense to anybody, and uh, we we go just on a hunch, you know. We have this feeling that, what do you want to do with your life, you know? And just remember that creativity. When you were a child, everything is possible, you know. So I'm trying to really keep my inner child very much alive, to to see the to see the beauties and the opportunities in life, and then to jump on that. And when you reach a cliff and you're like, oh, God, I think, you know, we've reached the top of the mountain and now we have to jump off so we can get to another taller mountain and keep on growing, keep on learning. You know, of course, it's frightening, but I've learned to trust my imaginary wings because they've always showed up. And I see life as like a book. It has a lot of chapters. And when chapters end, we have to let them end and not resist uh, because it's not good. You know, you're just going to stagnate if you don't dare changing life chapter and if you know you lose your job like 
understanding why are things happening. I notice how the environment is very beneficial to our health or can also be harmful. If you're, um, so when we talk about reincarnation and what animals we've been in the past, I'm really fascinated about uh, finding out more like what animals we've been. And I see a lot of, a lot of similarities between who we've been, like what animal we've been before in our personality in this current life. And also physically, I realize how people look like some animals that they love or that they're passionate about or that they've been in a past life. They have so many connections. So if you were a crab before or an orca, like an ocean animal, living in the desert might not be good for you. You know, it might be good for a certain life chapter, but life might bring you to a point where you need to make a move because your energy is rising and you need to keep it up, you know. Um, so now that I I used to live in the desert for 11 years and now we're in Florida and the, the timing of everything was just, it was difficult to let go of that chapter. But, my God, all the signs were there, you know, to make us believe that we were right, making the right move. And now that I'm by the beach, it's, uh, it's feeding me and my husband other things that we needed. Um, so that's important to realize. I've seen some people who had moved to the desert and their pets would always get sick. It was one thing after another. You know, there's a couple of families that I remember and I, and I had to have a conversation with them. I'm like, are you sure you're thriving here? Are you sure this is your place? And finally, you know, both families went back to different places, parts of the country because their pets were just getting always sick and it was random and nothing was working for them. You know, their job, everything was just so difficult. So energy needs to flow for you and your pets. And so don't hesitate, like, be daring to see where that takes you and follow that path, even if you don't exactly know where we're going. The best things happen when they're not planned. So, You know, I love it, and it's so very true. And, Dr. Joanne, I love what you're doing. We're, we're out of time. So tell our listeners how they can get a hold of your book, Animal Teachings from Haley's Angels Methods, and how they can reach you. The book is available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all the big uh, online stores, but you can also get it through my website, and all my links for social medias are on my website. It's haleysangels.com, www.haleysangels.com. Wonderful. Well, you are a, uh, a blessing not only to your animals, but to all of the people and the animals that you serve. Thank you so much for what you do, and have a beautiful, blessed day. Thank you so much. Take care, Dr. Joanne. So think about what Dr. Joanne said, living in rhythm, living in balance with you, with nature, with your animals, and really tuning in, really listening to what's going on with them and also with yourself is so is so important. And you can understand and figure out what's going on. And like, like Dr. Joanne said and also I said, those messages are there for you to receive. So pay attention to them and really know that your pets are gifts and treat them with the love and respect that you would like to be treated with as well. So thanks so much for joining us. And if you want to find out more about me, I'll give you the short version. 
go to doc, D-O-C-W-H-I-T-E dot org, docwhite.org, and find out more about upcoming shows and blogs and other things. And remember to take charge of your life, even with a little step, and do something today that empowers yourself. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a beautiful day wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.